Hello and welcome to this episode of Dyson Dish. Uh, this is Sparks Valentine here with Foxfire. Say hello. Hi. And Erica Nerdy Yogi. Hello. Topic is first. I will. Thank you, DCC, for your funky dice. It is a three. <laughs> Again. So we're on to Erica's topic. I Okay, so I'm going to say this before we start. This is a disclaimer for this topic because I'm not trying to, like, trigger nobody. I'm not trying to call nobody out. So if I say something or somebody else says something, this is personal preference. And if you learned something today, maybe you could take it to your table and you never know. So the topic is three pet peeves at the table. If you do any of these, then, you know, this is my personal feelings. If you do them, you keep doing them all you want. But at the table, this is what annoys me that I see people do. And I probably do shit that is on their pet peeves or maybe yours. So nobody get butt hurt, okay? So with all that being said, we're going to start. My first one, I experienced this at Gen Con a couple years ago, and I didn't even know people acted like this at a table, and by God, I just wanted to leave. I couldn't handle it. I felt like this person, I didn't know what they were doing. And where in the world did you think that this sick, this psychotic behavior is okay. So I'm sitting there and they roll for the first time. And you know, when you roll, you knew the normal hand action, you release into dice tray if you have one or onto table. And it's not rolling to where you roll it across the fucking table and you're going to act like you're bowling and you hit the miniatures in the middle of the map, you know, or you toss it in the air. And it goes everywhere. What are you doing? I cannot stand when people do not have either mindfulness or awareness that the dice do not need to be tossed or thrown across the table. And then the person across the table from them has to look down and you say, what did I get? Well, if you rolled it in front of you like a normal, civilized human being, you would know. Have you ever encountered this type of behavior? I have accidentally encountered that. I ran a game for about seven or eight friends, and some of them were new to D&D and liked to joke around and were, like, during one combat, flinging the dice at each other, essentially. And it was... It was not pleasant. Um... Kind of leads into one of my pet peeves that I'll talk about in a minute. Um, very, very aggravating for the DM and some of the more serious players. I don't think I've ever had that happen to me. Just because normally whenever we all play where uh, we, are, we are civilized, as you, uh, as you say, um, we don't have the dice throwing. We just have the um, the the naughty corner being thrown. 
that's mostly what we throw. We don't throw dice. We throw dirty jokes. That's true. That's very true. So that is the one that gets me the most hated and I'm the most passionate about. Oh my God. Look at the kitty. If you're Say listening hi. to this, uh, I'm sorry you missed the cat, There's but look at the kitty. There's a pussy I'm on sorry. screen, guys. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. Slim Shady has decided to photobomb <laughs> and I cannot <laughs> keep him out. It's Slim okay. Shady? Is it the real Slim Shady? No. <laughs> no, he's too fat to be the real Slim Shady. Okay. Dirt. Yeah. That's right. Marshall keeps that tight. But anyways. Get it right. Get it tight. All right. He does. He does. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about him and him. Um, uh, <laughs> two uh, pet peeves that I wrote down was something that I encountered in the last year at a local game store. I didn't really, I guess it's naive type of like in my mind, why would anybody do this? Um, cheating, lying about your dice rolls. We were at a local game store and they actually had to ban a player playing because they lied and the way they the game master figured this out was because he was tracking he was writing it down because he talked to another game master and he was like you know old so-and-so man his he must be lucky he never fails or i guess i say they would never fail they never fail and you know they never fail anything they they always are you know Rolling big damage, rolling big to hit, rolling big to save, all of it. Whenever we roll for hit dice, it's always super high. So there was a couple of people started talking, and they kind of were like, well, that's kind of weird, isn't it? And they were like, yeah, that's kind of weird. So they started tracking this person's uh, rolls, and they figured out that this person never rolled below a 15 on a die. Mm. And, and so... The guy who owned the game store approached him, talked to him, said, look, you can come in, you can buy, you can sit, you can watch, but you cannot roll dice. We know you've been cheating. And, you know, in a year, you can come back and you'll, you know, we'll make sure we watch you, you know. And the trust has been broken, right? There's trust at the table. There's trust between game masters and their players and players between each other and the game master. That what you say you got is what you got. And the trust had been broken. And I feel like, you know, it's a game. We're there to have fun. This isn't a competition. Why are you lying? What? I mean, there must be something else going on, like maybe in your personal life or at home or whatever it is that made you feel like you have to lie. Excuse me. But I just, it really, I was just like, man, I never even thought people would do that until... I was told that X person won't be a game anymore because of this reason. So what do y'all think? That's crazy. I never would have thought somebody would try to cheat at D&D. I mean, I know it happens. Uh, I mean, I've listened to podcasts where they talk about people doing that. To me, it's crazy. You're playing a game. And when you play a game, there's risk involved, especially with D&D. And as much as you always want to have those epic moments, me as a player, you guys know, I'm that person that likes to go into a game and feel powerful. I don't like to go in and feel powerless, but I don't lie on my rolls. If I get a natural one, I'm going to tuck my tail between my legs and say, well, I got a natural one. 
And that just makes it funner, honestly. When you do fail, you can create some really funny moments. But if you never let that happen, not only are you taking away things from yourself, you're taking away things from the rest of the table. So I, luckily I've never experienced it to my knowledge. I say to my knowledge because I've played with people that it would not surprise me if they cheated. But as far as I know, I never have. And hopefully I never do because that would definitely be on my list if I had. Yeah, I feel like there's a difference between, I don't want to say, there's definitely a difference between cheating and then fudging your dice rolls, but it depends on what position you're in. If you're a player and you fudge your dice rolls, yeah, that's cheating 100%. But if you're a DM, you know, sometimes you're level two. And you're fighting rats and you almost die. <laughs> and the DM knows. They're like, mm, they haven't done this, you know. But it, we were level three for your campaign when you killed three people in the first session. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, fudge my dice rolls as a DM. So with that being said, there is a time and a place for a fudge do you wanna, roll. Do you want to rephrase that? Uh, do you want to rephrase that a little bit? Because <laughs> I know what in you your mean? Magic School campaign, there were a few things that were not... There were a few things that were fudged. I will not fudge my dice rolls if it will result in a player's death. I will fudge my dice rolls if there is, like, maybe there's a new player at the table. And there's... And this isn't even really a dice roll. If there's, like, two hit points left... And they have never gotten a, so how do you want to do this moment? I will give them that moment. But I can't think of a time I fudged my dice rolls to keep a player alive. Yeah, like I was saying, there's a time and a place for a DM to fudge a roll. Yeah. If it, if it like you said, if it's going to be life or death for the player and maybe they're a new player or something along those lines, then yes, it's totally understandable. But if it's going to be a situation where mm, I don't want this fight to end so early, so I'm going to say the monster critical hit, which causes somebody to be knocked out, now that's, I don't feel appropriate. Yeah, or no, if that's, they... That's not. Like, whenever, like, what I was meaning is, like, there were certain instances where it could be beneficial for it to happen, you have the big bad that's, you know, you want to scare your players. Like, you maybe don't throw a critical, but, like, their damage. Like, you're like, well, you go above the average damage. Yeah. They hit. And then it's, well, there's sometimes whenever as a DM, yes, it is fine to do it. But then if you're doing, if you're a player and you want to fudge your rolls... That's different. That's different. A player a player fudging rolls is cheating no matter how you look at it. Yeah. A DM fudging rolls tends to be a story driven situation. Yes. So yeah. a- another reason it might be good to fudge rolls is if say you make an encounter table and you say, "Oh, it would be really cool if this moment we had this encounter." Why well, didn't roll for that encounter? Ah, forget it. I want to do it anyway. I agree. Something I like feel that. like 
I feel like DMs fudging roles is different than players cheating. I feel like those are they definitely we could make a whole topic about DM fudging roles. I write that down. Um because yeah, like what I end up doing is like I make an encounter table and there's one encounter on there that I want to happen. And instead of me rolling on the table, I just use it because yeah. I like it. And I'm like, oh, man, I, they're going to, you know, love this or I think they're going to love this or whatever. And then I just pick it. And that's what we end up doing. And then I kind of roll from there. Um, but I do think I think there's a difference between the DM fudging their dice and players when it comes to an aspect of trust. Now, if you have an adversarial DM and they're lying about their dice rolls because they want players to die and you did something as a player to piss that DM off and they're lying, that's where that's where the trust on that side gets broken. Yeah. And that's a whole yeah. other thing. Now, like, that, if it, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, in, in that situation, I feel like the DM becomes the cheater. Because yep. if you're doing it to purposefully damage them and it doesn't drive the story in some way, then that, to me, is cheating. It takes away. <laughs> you're right. I was just going to ask Sparks if you've got a, if there's anything else you want to say before we wrap that one up and I go on to my last one. No, go ahead. Okay. Last one. Sorry. I couldn't read my own handwriting for a second. I, I was like, what, what was my last one? I have a shit memory. All right. So this is something that I encountered at another con. And um, I, it got me, this is probably, I, I guess this probably got me heated too, but I have a little bit of rage issues. That's why I like barbarians because I identify with that. Um, so we're sitting at the table and this person you know, we're playing, and they, I, it comes to my turn. They look at me, and before I can even speak to the game master, they're like, you should do X, Y, and Z. And I look at them and say, well, I appreciate your input, but I'm going to just, you know, going to do this. And so I do what I wanted to do. Um, I did not ask for help. I did not ask for their input. I did, don't know them. And then... Later on, it happens again. And I noticed that this person at the table was only giving me suggestions about what I should do with my character. No one else at the table ever got their input or their suggestions, however you want to say it. So on the third time, when we're doing the boss battle, this person, I before they could even speak, I pick up my miniature and move it across the board on the map. And say, before I can even say, you know, what I'm going to do past moving, um, they pick my miniature up, look at me and say, oh, you need to stay here and do X, Y, and Z because that way this will happen and that will happen. And picks up my miniature and moves it back. And I looked at this person and I was like, no. And I just picked up my miniature, moved it back, looked at the game master, said it's my turn. It's what I want to do. Ignore this person. This is what I'm doing with my character. Thank you very much. Didn't ask for your input. Don't need help. If I need help, I will ask for help at table. 
I will ask, how does this work? How does that work? And everything else. I am more than happy to ask for help. What I don't like is when other players force their, take my agency away as a player. And that's what this person was doing. And they only did it to me. And I don't know if it's because of my gender. And I was the only female at the table. And so they thought, well, maybe she doesn't know. So I'm going to tell her what to do because I've encountered that. I've encountered many women saying when they sit at table, they don't make decisions for their character because they're the people at the table tell them what to do with their character versus them having the right to do with their character what they want. And it's always been a significant other or boyfriend or whatever it is. And it's like, well, you're new, you're, you know, and this is a, you know, there's not a lot of females in games, so maybe you don't know what's going on. It's like, well, or maybe I do. So I guess um, player take, players who take away other people's agency and tell them how to play their character is a pet peeve of mine. Thoughts? I'm going to add to that that sometimes it's not other players that do it. I've heard horror stories. Luckily, never encountered it myself because I've played with pretty pretty decent people. DMs do it too. I've heard horror stories um, through Reddit and some YouTube videos, mainly, where actually DMs have sat there and said, no, you shouldn't do that because you should be doing this. And that is never okay. Look, guys, suggestions are one thing. Suggestions are one thing. Like, oh, hey, I'm going to drop spike growth next next round. I want to suggest maybe your character doesn't run in. That's fine. But don't sit there and say, Erica, you're a barbarian. You have to rush in. Or, or a monk, you need to do flurry of blows every turn. That's not okay. Or don't move there. Move here. Yeah. Good. You used the wrong name. That's what you get. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's okay. You cut that out. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's okay. Hey, it wasn't me this time. <laughs> I know. It wasn't me. It's I've done good. We just need to have <laughs> a blooper where every time we say the wrong thing. It's okay. It's I'll cut right. it out. <laughs> At least Shady what punished me. <laughs> Pen I'll punish you. Don't worry. Shady um, already did. That's a different enough, style though. podcast. <laughs> different a podcast. Patreon. You can find it. Exclusive. It's a uh, my only dice fans. It's for <laughs> TTRPG inappropriate oh content. Oh Check us out. For, it's oh my for God. all of your. Dirty dice needs. Oh no, he's back. Oh. Okay. Um, I agree right. wholeheartedly. Like taking away player agency is really like a shit thing to do. Uh, I think that kind of the only time I didn't, I don't think fully taking it away is awful. Like what Foxfire said, giving suggestions is different than being like, oh, you need to go here, and. Like, with being a DM, it's, you know, if you have people that you know are new, they have never mm -hmm. played this game before. They've maybe played it once or twice. And you 
you know their characters because either you helped make them or you've looked over them and then you notice that they're gonna they don't do something like let's say like it's a spell and they're like yeah i'm gonna cast this okay and then they do it but then they don't realize it's a concentration spell and they want to do something else with their action let's say it's a witch bolt that's the one that I can think off the top of my head. You cast it, and it's always active as long as you use your action to keep it going. They cast it, and then it comes to their turn mm. again. They're like, well, I'm going to do this. And you're like, are you sure? Because if you do that, then you're going to drop this. Yeah, like, see, I I think that's a, like a different, like, that's a different That's like, thing. hey. I I'm just letting you know. Just checking be, in. Well, That's no, like the it could be reminding. the same thing, though, because the thing yeah. that they were going to do could have been something way better, but then they're like, oh, I forgot I have that up. So then it's like, yeah. you know, it's. I think it's still in that line of a suggestion and not taking away their agency, but some people see that as that. They're like, yeah, no, yeah. I casted it, and then you're telling me that, oh, well, if you do something else, then it's going to drop. Like yeah, it's but that's one just of those, a mechanic. But it, if you, to a new person, like you were saying, if they're new, that could be seen mm -hmm. as they're trying that's to take true. away something else that I'm going to try to do. But as a player being like, no, you can't do that. You need to do this. That's no. 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 Yeah. No. And honestly, well, even in the situation you described, Sparks, if you're a DM and you have a new person and you know that they probably don't know their abilities that well, don't maybe play give a them. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, definitely. First off, any any DM listening, if you have a new player, please discourage them from playing a spellcaster, especially a druid. Take my advice on this. Do not encourage a druid. Don't do it. You will regret it. I that feel like I feel like in something like Five E and Pathfinder, that's and even Dungeon Crawl Classic, that is that's solid advice. But if you're playing something like Morkborg, something simple like that, I, I I don't think that applies in like more simpler systems. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm I'm talking about like the like D and D Pathfinder, Super complicated. all like those that. The, the characters have a lot of abilities that they're going to get a, yeah. really fast. Yeah. Yes, just, just, just as a, from a 5e perspective DM that had a new player that decided to play a druid, don't do it and don't let them play something homebrew. Don't oh, do no. it. Or a wizard. That was, <laughs> don't let them play a wizard. I found this on the DM's guild. <laughs> yeah, so I had uh, at the same table as that new druid, I made the mistake of letting another new player have something called a frost knight she didn't know her abilities and i barely knew her abilities because it was a homebrew and i'm over she's over here like well how does this ability work and i'm like i don't know give me the paper and let me read it <laughs> and then the druids I mean, over here like not knowing what to do so it's don't do those things just don't don't and i mean some people could look at that i mean and that's another thing i mean my my pet peeve is more player on player doing that um, than versus like DM versus player. I mean, but 
because there are some DMs who say, well, in my game, you can't do X. Or you can't play X. You know, whether it's a species or it's a subclass or it's a multi-class situation. You know, because some, everybody knows there's some combos. If you play you know, certain games, they're broken. And people are play them because they're broken. Because, like Ashley said, they they like that feeling of doing powerful. You know, I'm I'm good at, at dealing damage. I do massive damage. But it's one of those things is, like, is that taking away people's agency in a way? Or is it not? Because I feel like that isn't as, to me, that doesn't bother me. And this is, like, my opinion and my pet peeves. That doesn't bother me as much as another player picking up my miniature and moving it to where they think I need to be. Like if a DM looks at me and says, hey, my world you can't play as a halfling. Cool. Halflings don't exist. Doesn't bother me at all. But if another player was to like do that, it makes me so mad. But in that situation, I don't feel like that's necessarily taking away the agency. It's just letting you know like, hey, in this yeah. world, elves don't exist. And, I mean, if you're playing something set in, say, planet Earth, elves don't exist. Neither do orcs or dragons. So it makes sense. Um, yeah. But what I mean by the DM taking it away is the DM hovering over and saying, hey, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Just like that player did. But being the DM, so you can't even look at the DM and say, I don't want to do that because dm yeah i think it's a little different like with the moving like moving minis if because i mean we've all done it we've most of us are visual listeners and watchers if you come to understand one thing we are mostly visual people we like to see the things so we will kind of like move people like if it's like kind of a strategy thing we'll be like oh well what if you go here and it's like okay but then we're never like you have to go here it's always a you should have a conversation. It's strategic. Talking during your turn is a free action. <laughs> exactly. Remember. That kind of goes with what I was saying about if you say like, hey, I'm going to cast spike growth. I don't suggest you stand here. That's yeah. a suggestion. And it lets yeah. the players still choose what they're going to do. Yeah. And that's and that, I think that's the difference, right? It's not. It's, a, it's how it's you how it's go worded. about it. Exactly. Like, hey, if you know you were to move one square over, you get we would get a flanking bonus or whatever it is, you know. Or hey, if you move one square over, you're not blocking the doorway so other people could get in, kind of a thing. Like, oh man, I didn't even think about that. It's little stuff like that. Yeah. It's how you you say it and you deliver it. You know what I mean? And it's like that that thoughtfulness about it. It kind of changes the way people take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it changes the meaning behind the words, too. Yeah. It goes from, I'm commanding you, to, mm-hmm. hey, friendly suggestion. And you can, yeah. even the way I just said it, the tone is different. And you're going to receive it differently. Those are my three pet peeves. Um, who wants to share theirs next? I'll go. So I thought a lot about it. It was really hard to pick some. And honestly, most of mine kind of go hand in hand. The 
first one is going to be a very general one, not paying attention. That as a DM in particular, now as a player, it bugs me. As a DM, it infuriates me. I've literally DM'd for people where I had three people on one side of the table talking about some random crap and one person playing a game in the middle of combat and I'm like what are, what are you, why are y'all talking over each other it's your turn why are you just talking oh it's my turn yeah if you were paying attention you'd know oh hey person playing the game it's your turn now oh okay let me look at my sheet now and take five extra minutes to figure out what I'm going to do because I was playing a game or talking about something random instead of paying attention to what's going on. That is the most infuriating thing ever. Or when you're doing a story thing and then you say something and then the player immediately looks at you and says, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Taking notes and asking something to be repeated is one thing. Mm -hmm. um, or not hearing and needing it repeated is one thing, but just blatantly like I'm on my phone, I'm texting, I'm not paying attention, and then expecting everybody around you to regurgitate information. Rides <sighs> my gears. Thoughts? It's very much something you see a lot in games, especially. I honestly, it is aggravating, yes, for the DM, very much so aggravating for them. But honestly, I also think it's just as aggravating for the people that are paying attention because then you are the only ones that remember what is happening and what is Agreed. going on. And every single time, it's like, well, you know, what are we doing this time? And you know what you're doing. Your DM asked you for a recap. You know what happened last time. And you're just sitting there like, you're just sitting there like, hmm, go ahead. Tell me what happened. Tell me what happened. Tell me what happened. What, what happened was. And then, then they go, uh, well, um, uh, uh, well, mm, and then they try to regurgitate out some information. And then you're just like, mm, no, that's not right. We didn't do that. We're not there yet. Or we, we left there so long ago. And then you're like, hmm. And then you kind of just sit there and you're like, I knew what was happening. I knew what was going on. And if you're in a situation where you play once a month and you have, like, beginning of the session, it's like, okay, recap. And you have people that are like, oh, that's one thing. But when you, but met, you, when you meet weekly? Yeah. That's a little different. Yeah, also very exactly. much a little, a little different because exactly. in air. Okay, so my my two cents on this is um, as a DM, I have heard people say, "Well, this is how I deal with that." Right? If you're at a table, somebody's not paying attention, then and they know, we'll say Steve. Steve's over there and he's playing something on his phone, right? Well, in the middle of whatever is actually happening in the game, you notice Steve is on their phone. So 
you make up something as the DM to happen to Steve's character. And it's like, Steve, blah, 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 just happened to your character. Roll this to get them off their phone, right? To get them to pay attention. And, it, and I, I can see it as a DM with that, people giving that advice. I get it. It probably does work. And it probably does pull them back in. But I don't feel like DMing is hard enough. And you have enough stuff going on that, and that's another thing that you have to do to make someone pay attention. And it's you as a person show up for game. You as an adult, we're going to say adults here. I, I don't mess with kids when it comes to table. I have played with some excellent children, well-behaved at cons. They pay more attention than most adults, but I'm talking about adults here. I was going to say, I'm talking about adults here. I was going to say, I played with a kid that had a medical condition that didn't have, you know, full capacity of their mind and they paid more attention than some adults I've played with. Right. Right. Yes. And, and so I'm talking about adults. You're an adult. You said, Hey, I'm going to commit to X game X time. These people, you show up. And the person that's running the game spent whatever amount of time they spent on it. And then everybody at that table is giving up their free time to play. And to me, it's like, if you don't want to pay attention and you don't want to be there and you don't want to contribute, don't come at all. You're wasting the people's time at the table who do pay attention. And the person who's running the game, Tom, by showing up and saying that you will pay attention and you will participate. You know, you're not forced to go to your table. This isn't school. You have to go to school or homeschool. I mean, in the United States, there's truancy things. They come for you. Nobody's, I mean, you never know. Somebody might send somebody into your house at one point in time. You know, if you're not paying attention, I don't know. I doubt it. I don't think it's going to happen. But what I'm saying is nobody made you show up for game. If exactly. you don't want to be there, don't, don't come. come. Exactly. That's, that's true. Nobody, nobody held a certain device to your head and made you go in there. You made right. that decision. And just side, side note on that, the not paying attention part. If you've never been a DM, which everybody on this podcast has at some point run a game and knows what goes into running, especially if you're running a homebrew campaign and you build the world. Give your DM some respect and right. give them the time of day if you're going to sit at that table. Because I can guarantee you they spent at, at least a couple hours outside of that planning what they were going to do for that session. And then you totally mess up their plans and they get angry and they throw Bossack Rock on you. <laughs> <laughs> or, or which is the more likely thing, unless they're an adversarial DM, they'll say, okay. They say, oh shit, uh, now I gotta pull something out of my ass real quick. Give me a 10 yeah, minutes. Let's have a bathroom Yeah, they'll break. say, okay, bathroom break. <laughs> And go figure out what they're going to do from there. Like when players completely skip their dungeon, that was the only thing they had planned for that whole session. Yeah. 
That's what happens when you get the person that can teleport. Yeah, they yeah. would be one of the only two that failed that check. Yeah. <gasps> Topic number two, Foxfire. Uh, yeah, moving on. So the next one kind of goes a little bit hand in hand uh, with the first one of not paying attention. Um, and that is... Well, I mean, it goes hand in hand, but it's different too. Showing up. So, uh, most recently in the campaign I'm DMing online, I had a player, and we were only two sessions in, mind you, and I am sorry, now I have a Zagris attacking. It's Satan oh. Kitty. Kitty number two. Say, say hello, Zagris, Pussy. the great and powerful. Pussy number All two hell Zagris. has appeared. All hell, oh, hell. Zagris. oh yes, I did say Zagris. that. All hell, Zagris the Great and Powerful. Oh, that's and yes, that now. is his name. That is his name, by the way, everyone that is wondering. Yes, Zagros. Zagros the Great and Powerful. Anyway, um, so this most recent one, I had a player and love this person dearly. Would not talk badly about them. They missed the first session. <laughs> Missed the first session completely and entirely. And I'm like, okay, that happens. No communication. And okay, I'm aggravated, but it's fine. It's session one. Everybody's just getting to know each other. Not a big deal. They're literally just fighting rats. Somebody almost dies because she's the only healer, but it's neither here nor there. Second session. They come, they play for like an hour and a half. And then they say my phone dies. That session, and this is the reason I'm talking about it, because it is very recent on my irritation list. I had centered a lot of things around their character so that everybody could get to know their character better because they missed the first session. So, and at the point that they left because their phone died. They were just getting to the part where they were going to start getting in, into that stuff. The player never came back. And didn't text until like session was 10 minutes from ending. And so I'm over here like all of this development that I made for your character. In the toilet. Because I'm not running this exact same mission again next next time. So what I'm hearing is there's going to be auditions for a new character. <laughs> uh, no. No, I do get your attendance, though. It's kind of one of those, like, if it's scheduled, be there. And, and for me, I, when I'm the DM, I, I have learned with certain people, remind and remind. Like, I set the date two weeks ahead of time. We played bi-monthly. Yeah, is that right? No, not bi-monthly, bi-weekly. I set the date ahead of time. They know the date. The date's on roll 20. Then the week of, starting Monday. Hey, remember, D&D, &D, Saturday. Wednesday. Hey, D&D. &D. Friday. Reminder, D&D &D tomorrow. Saturday. D&D. &D. Today. Yeah, like two hours ahead of time. Almost game. Almost game. Another and... task that you have to do as the game master yeah. Yeah, to remind exactly. people show up for a game they agree to as adults. Yeah, which I get that that is pretty unnecessary on my part, but 
I do it because I've got a couple people in that group that just have busy schedules and it is entirely possible and entirely easy that they don't look at roll 20 and they forget, oh, we were supposed to have D&D. I made plans and I'm understanding of that. Or I have somebody else who their work changes every other day. So they never know when they're not going to be free. So that's part of the reason I check back because it's like, hey, I'm giving you the opportunity to tell me now. That way, if I've planned something for your character, I can change my plan and I don't have to do it on the fly. But, and I do understand, like, don't get me wrong with this topic. Game is game and real life comes first. I'm not saying it doesn't. That's completely not what I'm saying. What I'm, my irritation comes from last minute and bad planning. So if you've known for a whole week, you know what time and you know how long you're going to be playing for, be prepared. You know, don't just last minute decide you're not going to and then not communicate. Don't just not have your things prepared so that you can do what you need to do. It's like showing up to game with no dice in person. You're not prepared to play. Without your character sheet, without dice, you're not going to play. It's it's just not happening. I That's the way I look at it. me on my screen because we're having everybody on it. I just like hovered over to Erica. Because somebody <laughs> forgot their dice one day. Oh, to in -person I game. did. It was in my other backpack. <laughs> I saw your face yeah, whenever, I did. whenever she said that. Okay. You were like, mm, what are you talking about? Mm, it, I didn't do that. Stuff like that does That's happen me. occasionally. I'm... Could it be me? Okay. Okay, yeah, me. that does happen occasionally, <laughs> but I'm talking about consistency <laughs> with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've only forgotten my dice twice um, that I can remember, but it's because I have two different backpacks. And I forgot to transfer them from one backpack to the next because I'm in four different groups and I run for two of them and I run two different systems for my two groups that I run. And so, like, I, I have a backpack for one and a backpack for the other and one set of dice I transfer from backpack to backpack. Are you talking about the night that you brought your Morkborg stuff instead of your D&D stuff? DCC thing. DCC, that's what it was. My bad. I forgot my I forgot my dice because they were in my DCC bag and I was playing D&D that day and I was playing not running. And so I forgot to transfer them from my DM bag to my 5e like my player, bag. player bag. Because if you play DCC and you're a judge and you have like I have I play with a bunch of people and they haven't I bought a bunch of the core rule books um, and they hadn't and so I was like yeah it's fine I'll just bring mine no big deal so you know I tab them up and everything and I bring them because some people you know investing money in game where they're at isn't financially it's not available to them it's available to me so I do it and I share my books with them and so I show up with. You know, and I don't know if you know if you haven't seen DCC's core rulebook. It's hundreds of pages because the whole system's in one book. So I have a bag that has three core rulebooks in it: my DM screen, what I'm running, my dice, my dice trace, and everything else that I need for game in one bag. And then I have my player bag, 
which is just like, you know, what I use as a player. And I forgot to transfer my dice. I mean, stuff like that. But you can, can cut that out. It's, I digress. It was a long winded explanation, but I feel like I, I mean, had to defend myself. Uh, so, and last one. So, this one might not necessarily be appropriate to talk about in the platform. I'm not sure what terms of service are going to say. Doing drugs at the table. Doing drugs Real at drugs? the table. Like pot. Real drugs. Like Real pot. Drugs. Alcohol. Yes, real real drugs. I'm not talking about uh freaking I'm not talking about my little cobalt just drinks alcohol. I'm talking about me the player getting messed IRL. up. IRL. Yes, IRL. And it's fine if there's a little bit of drinking. I don't have an issue with that. I've done it at the table myself. Same. But if same. But I absolutely, uh, after one incident, I forbid pot at my table. Period. It is 100,000% banned. I will never allow it again. It was one of the worst experiences I've had. Second only to one other one that is a topic for another time. Can I ask you a question? And you don't have to answer this if you don't yes. feel comfortable answering it. So, just a were you the only person that was not high at the table? No. No. Two okay. people were high, yes. and me and one player were were sober. This was for a friend's okay. birthday, and they wanted to play D&D. So they got a couple of friends that had never played, and I made a little one-shot that was only supposed to last about three hours. They spent three hours in the village that was only supposed to take like 20 minutes because two of them, one of the high people was like, oh, I'm going to go buy dildos. And I'm like, okay, that's not okay. That's fine. Mm -hmm. And the other person was like, I'm broody. I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm. It's like, okay. Literally the only person playing was the friend whose birthday it was and they apologized to me afterwards because they were like i am so sorry they were so messed up and they were they were high and they were drinking heavily and they couldn't pay attention to what was going on which is part of the irritation and it was at that moment that i said it's fine i don't mind running for them again but i have one condition there will be no pot no alcohol at the table if I do. And that is now my rule every time because I, there was a second incident with alcohol that you two already know about and is a topic for another time that also made me say absolutely not at my table. Period. Yeah. Um. So I I get what you're saying because I have been in a when I first started running game, right? I ran game for a couple of friends and they were new to, to playing. And we had a person that when we would play would fall asleep every time. Oh, I had that too. And it wasn't, it wasn't like they have a medical condition or like, Hey man, I just got done working a 16 hour shift. It wasn't anything like that. They were taking opiates at the table, pills at table. Um, not cool at all because it was in my house and 
you know, I don't want that in my house. So disrespectful on that part and disrespectful on the other. Um, now, I will say, as someone who has ran game, uh, not drunk, but a little high, and everybody at the table was high, and it was understood, right? Like, everybody was, you know, we rolled up blunt, passed it around, rolling dice. Everybody was on the same page of, like, it was a, like a PvP gladiator, you know, like a gladiator coliseum. We're all going to fight and hang out. You know, it wasn't like it was a one shot, right? And everybody was participating and it was fine because that's why I asked, like, oh, if yeah. you're the only sober person. And, you know, it's one of those things. It's like it's like being the only sober person in a club, right? And everybody's drunk and you look around and you're like, they're all acting like idiots. Because, you know, everybody's drunk and having to, you know, just over the top, right? Being extra. And when you're, when you're also stoned, then you kind of don't see the extra because you're part of the extra. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. So, I um, mean, with that, with that maybe, being said, I've played in games where the DM and the players all had taken a THC gummy. So we were all on the same page, and we'd all done it at the same time, so we were all about the same level. And then when it got to the point that we just couldn't focus, we stopped. But it's like you said, that was a, we're all going to do this. We all understand that at a certain point, it's going to end not because we want it to, but because we're going to have an inability to do it. Because y'all get the munchies and... Y'all go make cookies. And <laughs> uh, in, in that situation, it was more of a we wanted to go to the bedroom type situation. But hey, yo. I mean, this is an old podcast. I mean, hey, yo. But um, regardless, in, in those situations where everybody is doing it and it is understood, that's fine. And even in moderation, a li- again, a little alcohol, I'm not going to get mad if somebody pops out a beer. But if you yeah. sit there and you drink a whole big bottle of vodka and you are absolutely tore up from the floor up. Death. I have an issue. That is death. Yeah. Um, and that's just because I've been in games where that's a thing. And only one or two people are to that level. And it just, it's not fun for the DM. It's not fun for the other players. Period. Sparks, do you have some thoughts on this matter? As a person who does not partake in one of those substances, uh, I think drinking alcohol at a table is a whole lot different than smoking. Just because you can kind of you can moderate yourself with both of them, but it's like, at least with like alcohol, you can counteract that a whole lot faster than you can smoking weed <laughs> because you drink some alcohol and you get some bread, drink a lot of water. You could go pee and then you, you'll be fine. But it's like, it's one of those, like, if you know, you can't handle it, don't do it. Just don't do it. You know, you get wild and you act crazy. When you drink or you smoke, you don't do it. Yeah. It's real simple. If 
If you suck at math, don't you do can't it. do math. <laughs> don't do it. You don't can't do, do it high. It. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Like, it's, it's one of those... You know your body. You know what you can and cannot do. We are adults. If you think you can drink a couple glasses of wine or have a couple beers and play and be fine, then you're good. You go ahead and do that. But you don't drink an entire bottle of vodka and expect to be fine. Because exactly, you're Exactly. And again, if the whole group is getting to that level, that's one thing. Yeah. But I'm talking about one, maybe two individuals that decide, oh, hey, I'm going to drink a shit ton of alcohol or I'm going to take a shit ton of pot or whatever and just messes it up for everybody else. Taking pot now. Taking it. Well, Taking yeah, action. like like the gummies. We're, we're snorting. No, I mean like the gummies. You guys know what I mean. <laughs> Smoking just, it, eating it, whatever. I know. Yes. But that's just my thing. Like, again, if everybody at the table's doing it, I don't see so much of an issue. If you go in knowing this, I mean, I've sat at the table and drank before. Uh, during one of my favorite campaigns, the very end, we made a big meal and we made these alcoholic drinks called Potions of Healing from the D&D cookbook. They were amazing. They were way too potent. And everybody had at least two of them. I had three. And I was tipsy, but I still knew what I was doing. And it worked to my character because she was chaotic as hell. Hold it together. Yeah. But point is, just don't get yourself so messed up that you can't do it. Because then you're just going to start ruining it for everybody else. And trust and believe you might not think you are. But when you lose your ability to focus... When you lose your ability to know where you're at, because we were all at a table, again, this is the story for the other time, the player was so messed up, they didn't know where they were. Period. No matter how many times we told them. For four hours. What is D20? Is this a D12? Like, if you can't tell. I'm still in the forest. What dice you're rolling. Yeah. Then I'm you probably the shouldn't forest. be playing. Four hours later. You are in the forest. I'm still in the fucking uh, forest. I'm still in the fucking forest. So, Fox, is that that's your three, right? That's my three. All right, Sparks, you up. All right. So, my first one is going to be something to do with role-playing. It's like one of those people not... People saying, well, my character would do this because I would do it. Like, they don't roleplay their character because they themselves, like, the player themselves knows knowledge of the game. We all kind of do. You hear people get information and they're like, well, and then they go say this. And then it's like, but does your character know that? Or the person wants to be a bitch to somebody and they're like, well, my character would do that. They would do that instead of like, but would your character really do it? No, because you just want to be a bitch to somebody at the table that pissed you off. So now you've got to deal with that. And I think we kind of see that where 
they try to justify their actions with, well, my player would do, my character would do that. I think that's kind of the point is like saying, like doing something and then trying to justify this. Well, my character would do that. Mm-hmm. My character would do that. That's how, that's who they are. But it's like, mm, are you sure? Because it sounded like you're just trying to make an excuse of, well, this is what my character would do. So it's justified. And that comes from being mostly a player and liking role play. It's like, kind of think about would your character actually do that? Whenever I make a character and I play that character, I try to stay to them as what I can. But I'm not going to do a dick move and then go, oh, that's what my character would do. Now, if I want to be a bitch, I'm going to play a bitch. I don't have to justify it as, well, that's what my character would do. No. No. Thoughts. Fox, you want to go or you want to go? You can go. I'm about to get torn to shreds here. It's okay. Don't worry. No. I'll be fine. No, I I promise you're not. I'll just lose some clothing. It's okay. It's (laughs) fine. Um, That's no, you have to save that. It's for our OnlyFans podcast. (laughs) Only, yeah, only dice. Um, I, I, I see both. I can see both sides sometimes. Sometimes. I think some people, if you're new and you don't have that skill to build a character and figure out who your character is, like their personality, the decisions they would make, if you haven't figured that out yet, then you probably will see more of the bleed in of the player in the character. And then... You know, that is what my character would do kind of thing. Um, and and sometimes it's not cool when people do it to be malicious. Um, and it's the only time at table you've seen their character be act like that. And if it doesn't go with it. Um, you know, I, I've, I play with a guy who was in a situation that PvP happened because... He was defending his in in the game. He was defending another player who was his best friend, and he justified it as that is what my character would do because that is his best friend to his character, right? He's gonna do PvP to protect that person. Yeah. Now, in that instance, I get that because that makes sense with his yeah, character. Yeah, it makes sense. But on the other hand. I have seen that phrase be used because one person got something another person wanted and this character wants it. And so, and because they want it, well, my character wants it. So they are going to attack that person's character because that's what my character would do. Would they though? Have they attacked other player characters during the campaign because they got something that yeah. your character wanted and it's like that's not cool you know yeah, yeah. i i can see where people misuse it more way more than yeah. it is used for a good reason for yes. sure i agree oh, yeah. oh, i lost my dice <laughs> so yeah Anyways. as much as 
much as you think you're going to get torn apart, I have to agree. There are times when that statement is appropriate. As an example, I know it made everybody mad, or I'm pretty sure it made everybody mad. I know it made a couple people mad. Evil cat. Demonic pussy. Evil cat. Doing the entangle and all that. At that moment, that's what she would do. It's what her master told her to do, is let them be taken. And her interpretation of it was capture them so they can be taken. So, as sucky as it is, that's what she would have done. That's what my character would have done, though. No, I did apologize for doing it, but you I was like, after I was your, possessed. Yeah, after I was like, your I'm cat sorry. Got taken away. Like my thing, like my like main thing with it was when people use it as an excuse to do something that be malicious. Yeah, would not normally do. Yeah, yeah, and you're absolutely right about that because people do play their character and they say, "Well, this is what my character would do," and it's just because they want to be a dick to another player for no reason in game. Yeah. Or like Erica said, because they want an item that the other player has. And that's not okay. Yeah. No. So. So you didn't get torn apart. Almost. We've pretty much agreed with you. <laughs> I saw the look in Erica's eyes and I was like, oh, here we go. No. I was rage. more of trying to. F- no. It was more of uh, the rage of the. Uh, when the person used it as a malicious reason to start a PVP situation at, at camp, we were at camp and game and they decided that they wanted to, and this was an adult fighting a child, a 13 year old boy, this adult grown man. who was probably in his forties throws down with a 13 year old boy over an item the kid was given in game because he I wanted it. Story. I mean, no, like, come on, this is what my character would do. No, it's not like because you haven't stolen anything from anybody else, you haven't thrown down with nobody else, and it escalated. It escalated ridiculous, in my opinion, to amount. Well, you're you're fighting with a child. I mean, come on, like, just give let the kid have the item. He's a kid. It's it's not yeah. even real. Calm down. Yeah. And don't have your character change their behavior just because of a situation. Like, if your character is consistently that, I can understand that. Yeah. Like, I had a character that was consistently a bitch, and if you pissed her off enough, she would Eldritch Blast you. Party member or not. Erica and Sparks can attest to this. They played with this character. She didn't do it very often. But when you made her mad, she would warn you. I think I got a, I think I got a love blast one time. Yeah. Either way, if you have a character that's consistently that way, that's one thing. But if you just randomly change your behavior and say, well, my character would do it, that's bullshit. And you know it's bullshit, so why are you doing it? Yes. Anybody have any other thoughts on this one? I'll go to my next one. So my next one. We kind of touched on this a little bit in the player agency portion of this uh, episode. But I think a 
DM. I don't want to say limiting because I'm not going to say limiting because that's different. If it's not in the world, it's not in the world. But I think making a player take certain attributes or certain backgrounds based on the backstory that they sent you is bullshit. Like saying, well, you can't, let's say you're playing a druid. Just throw something out there or a wizard. Say you're playing a wizard and whatever race you're playing in your backstory, you wrote that they were sent to a military school. And let's say your pluses were like a plus one or a plus two to intelligence because you're a wizard. And let's say you get your plus one in strength because you went and trained at a military school. So like, you know, you're going to get, you kind of get that. It's in your backstory. You give it to your DM if they're a backstory heavy person and they go, well, that doesn't make sense. You're a wizard. You don't go to military school. You don't go train with the military. So you can't have that. You need to change it. Like they basically tell you what you basically defining what your backstory can be by your class and your race. That's a better way to say it. Basing what your backstory can be based upon your race and your class and anything else is a no. Because I've seen horror stories online people talking about well i they told us to write a backstory wrote a backstory sent my character and backstory in dm comes back well this doesn't work so this is what it's going to be this is how it's going to go it's one of those i don't know if it makes sense it may not i may just be rambling but you know what it's it's a thing that like i've seen online and it's one of those like this is a collaborative storytelling game and this is where i can make the character that i want to play all those role-playing games that i've played and i've not been able to make those choices about what that character is and what that character can do and this is my chance and you're going to take away every piece of creative freedom that i can have what if i want my wizard to be a buff wizard and train in the military punch wizard punch wizard yep oh Exactly. So I don't know if that makes sense. It may not, but that is my second pet peeve. I guess is the DM taking away creative freedom from a player. Makes sense. Before the game starts. That makes sense. And that's a good one. Um, I feel like it is occasionally appropriate to for the DM to make suggestions based on the character's actual backstory for them to say, why did you take, oh, say the hermit background when your backstory says you were a noble that grew up in the city? Well, that- no, that's different. I'm like, yes. Like if there's inconsistencies, ask questions that, yeah, that's fine. But it's like, it's one of those, they don't even take into consideration what you've written. They see yeah. your class and then they read your backstory and they go, this doesn't work for your character. You need to make me a new one. Yeah, and that doesn't make sense to me because most things you can make work. So as an example, your your wizard, I mean, why couldn't they have gone to military school? Wizards are intelligent people and militaries require intelligence for strategic things and combat tactics. 
why would a wizard not be involved in that? And most of the worlds I make, the armies have wizards in them because magic is a thing and combating magic is a thing. Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense that you would have that training on some level. If yeah. you can make it work, I don't understand why it's an issue. Or you have a barbarian who's intelligent and they go, you're a barbarian, you can't be smart. And see, that's dumb too, because I've got in my current one a barbarian who wants to be an alchemist. I see no issue with that. So I I agree with you then that that is really dumb to make decisions solely based on the class. You need to actually read the backstory and say, okay, does it make sense that they would do this? Erica? Um, I feel like this is a 5e issue. Because when you play DCC, right, you have no backstory. I mean, you have a backstory, but you don't. Not really. Nobody really writes a backstory for your character that's not part of that system. Um, so if you don't like backstories, hey, DCC might be your thing. Um, I feel like it is a 5e issue. I, feel, I, don't, I have only played Pathfinder once, so I can't speak to Pathfinder. But playing other systems where it's like Morkborg or if it's, you know, like Mask, the next generation, those systems really don't have that. So it doesn't really uh, apply I to them. When it comes to, it does, it does have, but, but, the, but it, the player creates it, right? And there is no like, they create it. And, that, and there is no, you know, game master who's, really can say well that doesn't make sense you kind of because the game master is supposed to meld their world around it right and make it make sense yeah i feel like the whole issue with that i feel like that lies more in 5e because mask is understood right this is you as a player give me as the game master information and i'm gonna make my world around you yeah. And I think you run into that more in 5e as a player that it's like, well, my world is X and I don't feel like your player fits in my world. So you need to fix that versus the other way around. It's another question. Do you want to play with a DM who acts like that? Who won't let you play the character you want to play? But and if it's within reason... Like, if you're not like, hey, I found this subclass on DM's Guild and it's broken as crap and I want to play it, but you won't let me play, you know, that's a totally yeah, that's different, different thing. Yeah, that's but different. It, but yeah. if it's, it's totally different. But if it's like, you know, well, I don't. So when I started playing, our DM told us we had to have what they considered the Trinity, right? You have to have a healer, you have to have a DPS, you have to have a tank. There is no ands, if, or buts about it. Party composition has to be those three. It doesn't have to be. That is an old school way of thinking. We you are proof don't of have that. to have those things. We exactly. are proof of that in our, room, 100%. in our campaign now. We have a half healer. I'm a full healer. <laughs> I'm a full healer. When you See, y'all just don't get damaged enough. Yeah. Um, every well, every mean, time somebody gets hit, every time somebody gets hit, I say, "How are you? Are you okay? Like, how hurt are you?" Yeah. And if I, you say I, you heal, 
I'm and the fourth you. healer. <laughs> One fourth you, healer. But you're not a traditional. You're not. So you you play as a sorcerer. You're not a traditional. What I'm saying is traditional, traditional like cleric. Healer. Yeah, I'm like just a traditional healer. I'm just understand the no healing. I had a near death experience with a paladin who refused to cast any healing spells and anything other than smite. Yeah, I I think that that I do think that it is an issue, and it's to me it's a that's a bullshit thing to do as a game master. And in my opinion, if I was a player, unless they're the only option, to, like you have no one else you can play with. If it becomes like a consistent thing, it's not just one character, it's every character and it's everybody's character at the table. Then you might want to consider finding another game master. Yeah, I will say I know this is the one that I brought up, but there is there is a way to kind of do it and to make it not as sh not as shitty. Like if yeah. you if you yeah. like bring them aside like hey I read your backstory. Can you go over and explain to me why some of these things are the way they are? Like, if they take that time and then you talk about it and they're like, okay, well, you know, this would make more sense. Not like saying you have to change this to make more sense, but being more like, this would make more sense if you changed it to this or to this. Like, if it was something they had in their world, it's not called this. But they're like, you know, I have this. You could be in that instead. And it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Like, if they had battle mages instead of it was the military, they had a complete separate army of battle mages. And they were like, well, you know, yeah, you could be in the army, but I have something that would work a whole lot better and make more sense. I think it, it, it also comes down to the way that you approach. I think the approach is really important. But, yeah, yeah, because there there is a difference between you can't and this might be better. Hey, let's talk about this. Yeah. Yeah, Big I I think it in so the game's a give and take, right? It's between the game master and the players and if you won't, as a game master, give players a little bit of leniency and a little bit of creative freedom. And it's like, hey, you know, that isn't in my world, but that's a cool idea. Let's let's build that together. And you put it in your world versus shutting them out completely. And then, I mean, in my opinion, if I was a player and I said, hey, I want my I want my monk to be part of this style of monastery that specializes in this and they might not have it in their world but hey you know let's sit down and we'll figure that out and as a player if the people in that's a great opportunity for the people at your table to, to visit that monastery world. and that play, player is invested in that place yeah like yeah. it's one of those like, they're not, they're gonna pay attention exactly it's also one of those like well then you have that chance of oh well why don't you help me build it if yeah, you want exactly. this to be in the world, then let's talk about it. Or, hey, write me up some information on it, and I'll integrate it into my world. I can life. honestly say I've never ran across this issue. And I don't know anyone who has or voiced it to me. Same. I've been very that, lucky that I haven't. I, have I feel like I'm times. very lucky that... Yeah, but mine was more of... It wasn't... 
said to me in a way that was very aggravating. Like it wasn't like an angry thing, but it was like, are you sure that you want to do this? Because it was like the character I had had dual personalities. That was going to be their, that was kind of their thing. Like what normally they were just very shy, very not outspoken. And then something would trigger and she would become angry murderous like she would become very opposite of what she was very outspoken very i'm ready to do the thing and once i i kind of had that idea and then i pitched it and they were like well that sounds like dissociative identity disorder and i don't feel comfortable having that because i because something in previous experiences and I guess personal or any other kind of thing. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I was like, it's okay. I said, but I need to recreate my character then. Because she's not going to be like that. Like I need, I need to remake the character then basically. And they were like, yeah. So it's one of those, it's like, I wasn't angry about it because of the way that they came to me. And when we had our sessions, like not session zero, but like session before session zero, mm -hmm. I understood it. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But this is the character that I had created, but it's okay. It all, it also depends on the kind of player you have. If you're very understanding as a player, then you can kind of be pushed over by it. But if you're not, then it's just you just not the right person for you. So I got three sessions with that person. And she died. It was great. He tried to save her <laughs> so many times and I rolled a natural one and I was like, she's gone. She's dead. Like, he was like, well, you get one more chance. I rolled, and that was a dice roll I did lie on. I said, I rolled a natural one again. I was I like, she so. is, I said, she is dead. She got cut in half. She got bisected down the middle. Damn. And he was yeah, like trying. He was trying. I was like, it's to done. Put her back together. I was like, it's done. The, deck it's tape. Over. Like, the DM, the DM was trying. I was like, it's done. She's dead. That's it. It's over. I'm yeah. sorry. I feel like there are some injuries you don't come back from. And being cut down yeah. the middle <laughs> is yeah. one of them. Yeah, and it's also like then as a DM, you shouldn't have said she was cut down the middle if you didn't want it to be like a fatality. Exactly. Yeah. If you had all of this lore written out for them. Like all of this stuff, like all the story already pre-written. It's one of those like, do you want your players to die? Because if you have all that written out and you try to give so many chances, like at some point you're just beating a dead horse and that character is yeah. dead. Yeah. And that was that moment. Yeah, I mean, in that situation, being cut in yeah. half, like, there's there's no coming back from that. Yeah. No. no. 
Not at all. I mean, there is this, there's resurrection, but you we know, were like, three. yeah, but that's like, put that bitch on us. <laughs> they were level three, or I guess like trees are true, regu- res- true, true resurrection. resurrection. I mean, but there's you play in other systems. No, I mean, yeah, in 5e, there's ways. Trust me, I had a character that yeah. went to pretty much literal hell to. Mm-hmm. resurrect somebody because she had to go get a soul so yes there's ways to resurrect when it's those severe situations but it's sometimes you have to let the player die like i'm oh, i'm a sure. dm i'm a dm that has issues with that i've i've done something i'm not supposed to do with the deck of many and let a player save to not be taken by essentially by the, the death the, card yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, really? cool. You so no, this is a situation. Let me tell the story. <laughs> so the player said, I'm gonna draw two cards from the deck of many. Okay. They wanted the wish card. They wanted the wish cards because they needed it for a plan that they had. Um quick backstory on that. He slept with a hag, got her pregnant. And he wanted to get the baby and wanted to turn the hag into a human. And wanted the baby to not be a hag. And I know that's not exactly how hags work, but that's how they were working in that world. Because it, to me, it was entertaining. Because it was your world and nobody can tell you what to Ex- do in exactly your own world. Exactly. <laughs> so, Erica, don't come at me. I know that's not how it works. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm more. I'm more like wondering. He who... didn't know it was a hag. He didn't know it was a hag. Okay. Okay, I was she, just thinking. I was like, "What looked, kind of character is sleeping with hags, man?" Tasha. <laughs> she looked. She looked like a beautiful young woman. Tasha. Okay, so she looked like Tasha. Tasha. Okay, I got you. Yeah. yeah, I was just in my mind. I was thinking hag, like hag, hag, and I was just like, "Yeah, no, no." She. Yeah. I mean, she did look like that, but she at that moment had herself glamoured to look yeah. like a beautiful young woman. But e- either way, right. then yeah. the hag ran off, and he couldn't find her. So his first wish was going to be, because he wanted, he needed three wishes in order to make this work. First one was going to be, I want them to appear before me. Second one was going to be, I want the baby born safely. And third one was going to be, I want the, the hag turned human. So he needed three wishes in order to make that work. First card he drew was the wish card. And then I was like, okay, great. Now you got to draw the second one. Second one was the one that sucks your soul into a pearl. You're thrown into a random dimension guarded by demons. And nothing is supposed to stop that. I said, okay. You drew the wish. And it it was uh, so funny because this player essentially rage quit for a second. They slammed their hands on the table, got up, walked outside, and said, God damn damn it as they were doing it stepped outside for a moment came back and was like okay i'm good i was like okay i'm gonna let you save yourself one time you can use a wish to stop this from happening and wish that you've never drawn a card he did it as okay you have full memory of what just happened okay i just want to draw one card okay the deck reset I was not about to let the wish card be the top card. The deck reset. He drew that motherfucking card again that drew his soul into an orb. 
So me as a DM, I'm over here like I've got all this lore written out. I don't want him to die just yet. So I was like, okay, you have that cursed item that has wishes on it, that bad things are going to happen if you use it. Give me a dexterity saving throw. If you roll well enough, you can get to that item and save yourself again, but something bad's going to happen. Rolled over 20, got the item, saved himself, did not draw any more cards from the deck of many. <laughs> but... That is a situation that me as a DM, yeah, I admit I did that, like, trying to save a player. But I feel like in that situation, it was within reason. In your situation, you got told you got cut in half. There ain't no coming back from getting cut in half unless you're a worm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking of the probability of drawing the death card twice in a row. God, it was so And how many other cards are in the deck of me? It was so hilarious. And how many actual wish cards there are in the deck of mini? I'm pretty sure there's only one of each card. There's there. So, yeah, there's one of each card. And I can. uh, I can go on and on about that campaign that had the deck of mini because those players abused the hell out of it. And it was one in particular had horrible luck with it. So I will definitely have to go over that in another another. The one way because... to spark chaos in your campaign is to pull out a deck yeah. of mini. Oh, it was yep. so fun. So that was a campaign that basically I was like, fuck it, because that was the one where half of the players weren't paying attention. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to have fun. Here's a deck of mini. Yeah. For sure. Is that your second sparks or is your third? Um... I don't really remember. I think that was the second, wasn't it? What what do you have you gone through your list? Yeah, I had my wrestling down. Um I think because all the other ones that I would have had on my list, people have talked about. So it's like Because attendance is one of my pet peeves. <laughs> Sorry. Very much one of my pet peeves. I thought of another one for myself while we were talking. I was like, oh, damn, why did I think of that one? I don't think I ever said anything about attendance. No, you didn't. No. I didn't think I did. I oh. was When you said that, I'm like, I don't think I ever did. I don't think yeah, you, you did, did not think about yeah, you it. you did. We're adults. Yeah. If you're gonna, oh, yeah, yep, yeah. that's right. Yep, yeah, that's right. Yep, okay. that's right. Yep, I did. Okay. See, my memory is shit. All of our memory is shit. We get on tangents and then it just goes down the drain. Which is yeah. why the podcast is great. Yep. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think that's. So that's pet peeves? That's pet peeves. That's pet peeves. That's pet peeves. All right. Now remember, cool. uh, if you got pet peeves, Actually, remember, these are our opinions. These are our pet peeves. They may not be your pet peeves. But guess what? We don't care. You can put your pet peeves down in the comments if you want to. We will read them. But don't come at us for our pet peeves. Because they're what? Ours. And not yours. Yeah. Yeah, like Spark said, we'd love to hear what aggravates you at the table. Um, Don't come at each other in the comments. Because it's all opinions. Don't use people's names 
like you know be like oh i was at the table and blah blah blah, blah use blah. people yeah, that would call that people out yeah, yeah. Dox Dox people things. come on yeah, yeah i mean you've heard us we've gone over some horror stories at the table a little bit we've not mentioned any names except for bringing up the ones that are here yeah yeah so show the same respect to your friends and table mates and don't call them out either yeah well i think that's it for us we hope you enjoy thanks and make sure to join us for the next one bye 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 Hey guys, Spikes here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dice and Dish. I really hope you enjoy it as well as all the other cast members do as well. Please make sure to hit that follow button or subscribe button, whether you're on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever place you get your podcasts from. Um, also, if you want to hop over to our YouTube channel, make sure to hit us with some comments on some future topics that you would like us to talk about in the future or if you want to you could hit us up on twitter at dyson dish and we can kind of chat about it there so uh, our next episode is going to be coming out on august the 11th at 12 p.m cst hope to see you guys there bye